When Jonathan Edwards uh, preached Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, it said that he read it in a monotone voice. And the word was so overwhelming and so overpowering that people just ran to the altar to ask God to forgive them. So I thought, well, today, you know, we're, we're talking about Christ our Savior, so maybe I'll, I'll read the scripture in a monotone voice. And I couldn't do it. Because we're, thinking, we're talking about Christ our Savior. And last week we talked about what he saved us from. If you really think about, we, we were... We were planned. We were the, the recipients of God's anger. We were the objects, the scripture says, of God's wrath. We were, we were in the cemetery with God, not just, the, uh, not just the, uh, the dog house, but we were in the cemetery with God. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, and Christ set us free, gave us life, gave us hope, gave us a new future. And last week we were excited about what he saved us from, and today I want to talk to you about what he saves us to. You get excited about that? Okay, is, is there's three of us that are really excited about this. So, so uh, I, I, I get excited about it. I, I, can't, I can't get monotone when I talk about Christ our Savior. This is what salvation brings us. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins... He, being Christ, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from some unrighteousness. May, may purify us from some righteousness. Think about this for a moment. Here's John. He's writing to the church. He's talking to, to people that are saved. And he says, if we confess our sins, our wrongdoings, that, that he is faithful, Jesus is faithful to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know what that tells me? That when you're saved, you're saved. You're completely saved. That there's nothing that you have done before you knew Christ that he can't forgive, there's nothing that, that you can do now that you can't just ask for forgiveness and he will forgive you. It's about this honesty thing with Christ in a relationship with him that when you confess to him and you say, Lord, I have messed up and you own it, then God will purify you. He will forgive you. He'll purify you and he'll forget it. He casts our sins as far as the east is from the west. We, this is what we're saved to. We have forgiveness of sins. I mean, let that sink in for a moment. Forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. Now, my wife is, is, is one of the most wonderful people you'll ever meet in your entire life. I'm going to keep her. But my wife has a great memory. Because we can be sitting there watching something and she'll look at me and say, I can't believe you did that. And I'm thinking, what did I do? What did I do? And she said, 25 years ago. <laughs> and she can tell me what I was wearing. She can tell me what I said. And I don't even remember it. She has a really great memory. She can do that. And it just, it's amazing how things that, 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 and she's always right. But it's just amazing that when Christ forgives, he forgets. You're never going to go to prayer and the Lord will say, Hey, remember what you did 25 years ago? If you hear that voice, that's either you or the adversary. 
That's not God. He forgives us of all our sins. I'm thankful that God forgives. I'm thankful my wife forgives. She's really good to me. This is what we're saved to justification in God's eyes. We have justification, Romans 3.24, and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. What, what is ju- being justified? That's a legal term. That means you've been declared innocent in the eyes of, of the law. The, the law condemned us, but the judge said, you're innocent. It's, it's like if you... If you uh, if you're speeding down 408, maybe you're doing 408 or 140, and you get stopped, you get pulled over, you get a ticket, and you're guilty, and you know you're guilty. You ever, you ever been pulled over and you knew you were guilty, but you still tried to plead and try to get out of it? But sometimes you just don't get out of it. So you have to go to court, and you go to court, and you know you're guilty, and the policeman knows you're guilty, and he said, hey, he was doing this, but if the judge says, no, I don't think so. You're innocent. That's being justified. Even though you're guilty, you're declared innocent. This is what Christ did for us. We are justified. We are declared innocent in the eyes of God because of what Christ did, his redemption that came on the cross for us. That, that when he died for us, when he shed his blood, took our place. He redeemed us. He bought us back. And when God looks at us, he doesn't look at us as sinners. He now looks at us as saints, as clean, as white, as pure, as holy people and children of God. And it's because of what Christ did, we are now justified in the eyes of God. That's why the scripture says we can boldly come to the throne of God and make our requests and petitions known because he does not see our imperfections. Because of Christ. We are justified. I may preach here in a minute. We, are, we receive God's favor and love. I like that, don't you? Romans 18, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Scripture tells us not one time. Not one time. Uh, any, any of other God's creation, the cherubim, seraphims, angels, any of God's creation, has he ever told them that you are my son? You're my daughter. Not, not one of them. Not one of God's creation has he ever said, you're my children, and yet here's humanity, here's you and I that in, in our fallen condition, in our sinful condition, and he comes and he moves heaven and earth to save us, and he calls us his very own. We are the children of the living God. The scripture tells us that the angels look at what we have and desire to have it, but can't have it. We are the children of of the living God. You've got to let that resonate with you. The creator of all things that's always been and always will be, that is all-knowing, all-powerful, has, can be anywhere at all times, that same God is calling us his sons and daughters. How many earn that? This is what salvation, sometimes we forget. We say, oh, you know, Jesus died for us, and that's great. We don't get it that sometimes how much he saved us from, but what he has saved us to. We are now ushered into the family of God. And you say, what are we going to do in the family of God throughout eternity? And I'll, I'll tell you, I don't know, but it's going to be great. Because Scripture tells us, I haven't seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of man. 
the things that God hath prepared for those that love Him. There's something amazing that's going to happen. And He's done it for us. He's our Savior. He has given us God's favor and love. Salvation also brings us a new heart. I like that. A new heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says... I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You know, there were, there were things that, that I could do before I knew the Lord that it didn't bother me at all. It didn't have a conscience. It didn't bother me. But then, but then after I met the Lord and after He had forgiven me, after I started walking in a relationship with Him, then He started changing my heart and my heart began to soften and my heart began to be changed. And some of the things that never used to bother me now started bothering me. And, and I realized that what was happening, He was giving me a heart of compassion. He was giving me a heart of understanding. He was giving me a heart of love. And that's what salvation brings us as we walk with Christ our heart begins to, to beat in rhythm and in cadence with His. And, and, we, and we rejoice over the things He rejoices. And, we, and our heart breaks over the things that he, His heart is broken over. But it's all because of what He did. If we were left to our own ways, that would never happen. He's given us a new heart. Salvation gives us grace each day. You know what grace is? Grace is receiving from God what we do not deserve. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In Galatians 3.11, Clearly no one is justified or made right by God by the law. Because the righteous will live by faith. In other words, we didn't receive this grace on our own, on our own merit. We didn't earn it. We didn't, we didn't buy it. We couldn't uh, talk our way into it. It was a, a free gift from God to us. It's unmerited favor of the Lord to us that He said, though your sins will be as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. It's, it's, it's this un unashamed approach of God that says, I know who you are and I know what you're thinking and I know where you've been and I know what you have done, but come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will pour out grace upon you every single day because the mercies of the Lord are new and fresh every morning. Man, we not only have Christ, but we are living in, in the abundance grace of God that no matter what you walk through, as David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. These are blessings to the children of God that have been saved through the cross of Christ, through His redemption that we are justified and grace freely flows upon us. Man, I think this topic will preach. This is what salvation brings us, the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. 
Did you know that there is an abiding relationship with the Holy Spirit? That it's not just, oh, I, I received the Holy Spirit, but you can cultivate it. You, you can, we call it sanctification, where we can go deeper and deeper and deeper into a relationship with God. And, and His Spirit is living in us. And as we diminish, He increases. And as we walk in relationship with Him, He begins to speak to us. And, and, and the Scripture says, My sheep know my voice, and another they will not follow. It's possible to get to that place where you hear the voice of the Lord because He will speak to you in a way that you understand, that you under comprehend, that you get it, that you know it's the voice of God. And, and it's inviting to all God's people, all of God's children. You can have as much of the Holy Spirit in your life as you want to have. You can have as much of the Holy Spirit's guidance in your life as you are willing to allow Him to, to lead. And it's a blessing that we can walk in the presence of God. I have met people that were men and women of prayer, and when you walk into their presence, you ever been with somebody like that? You walk into their presence and you can feel Christ with them? Because they're, they're men and women that have they've given themselves to the Holy Spirit. They've given themselves, and, they, and it's just something that I want more of. I want to walk in that. And I know that He, can, he is not going to keep it from me, nor will He keep it from you. Because it's given to us through salvation. We have God's providence. God's protection, God's safety. Matthew 6, And He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for Him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Or King James, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I learned the old school way. Think about that. Everything that you need in life is going to be provided for you. King David said, I was once young and now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. You may not have all you want, but you're certainly going to have all you need. He's, he invites us into this relationship with him that we become dependent on him, that we, that we in Him we live and move and have our being, that we, that we walk in his, in his Spirit, that we walk in a relationship with Him. And He said, if you put my kingdom first, if you put the things of God first, I'm going to make sure you have everything else you need. Wow, we, we get this, we receive this through salvation. We have eternal life, eternal life. I like that word eternal, don't you? Eternal, eternal. Romans 5.21, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life. Eternal life. Eternity. How far, how long is eternity? We had a, a starting point. Scripture says we were dead in our trespasses and sin, but he's made us alive in Christ. We, we were born again. We have a, a, a new life. Do you know how long that life li uh, lasts? Eternity. And you say, well, I can't wait to get to heaven so I can live in eternity. If you're a child of God, your, your life has already begun. It's just on this world. 
And as, as the scriptures read in 1 Thessalonians, when, when the Lord comes back, those that, are, that have died in Christ, those that are asleep in Christ, will, will, God will raise them and then we're going to meet them in the, in the clouds and we're going to be transformed. You know, and, th- and that's, that's just what we're living for, isn't it? But that's, that's the eternity. But once you are a child of God and once you have given your life to Him, we're still in this world, but we're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And we are living for that. And we receive eternal life. There's no more judgment of sin because sin leads to death. But we are now righteous and we receive life through His righteousness, through His goodness being poured on us. We receive salvation through the mercy and grace of God. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. I love that. I love this passage of Scripture. For by grace you have been saved. By what God freely gave you, you have been saved. And you, and you received it through what? Through faith. Through faith. We believed it. You heard the word, you believed the word, and you acted on the word. That's faith. Faith is, is when somebody says, hey, your tire's running low, you better change it or, or it's going to go flat. You go and you have it changed or you get it fixed. If, if you don't have any faith, you just blow it off and then you have a flat tire later and you have to sit on the side of the road and have it fixed. So we are saved by grace through what God has given us through faith. We heard about Jesus dying on the cross. We heard that if we confessed our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And we acted on it. We bowed our knee. We bowed our heart. We said, Lord, we need you as our Lord and Savior. We confessed to him. And it was through that faith that in what he has done that we received his salvation. And then Ephesians, Paul goes on to say, And even that faith that you have is a gift of God. What does that tell us about our part in this? And the amazing love of God and His grace bestowed upon us. We receive salvation through the righteousness of Jesus. Romans 5, 17 says, For if by the trespass of the one, death reigned through one, speaking of Adam, much more shall they that receive the abundance of grace, you get this, the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one, even Jesus Christ. Here's Paul in Romans, and he's saying death reigned through Adam. When Adam and Eve dropped the ball in the Garden of Eden, sin entered into the world, and and sin produces death. And and it was appointed unto people to die, and they were dying out and apart and away from God. But, But that reigned until Jesus Christ. But when Christ came, and Christ lived on this earth and and Christ walked blameless and this is why it's so important to understand that Christ was sinless because death only has power through sin Christ was sinless so when Christ died on the cross death could not hold him because he had no sin to hold him back to hold him down that's why when Christ died Christ was able to be victorious over death because he was sinless. Sin had no power over him, therefore death had no power over him. That's why we say that Christ conquered death, 
hell, and the grave. That Christ overcame them, not because all of his power, but by his moral virtue, by the very fact that he is holy and he was without sin. And he says, those that will put their trust in me, I will apply my holiness to them. I will apply my righteousness to them. So when death comes knocking on their door, that that there's no sin to be found. Whoa. Are you with me? Are you with me? That we are not perfect, but we have a perfect Savior. This says, if you trust in me, if you put your life in my hands, you're going to be okay. Because I am the only one that is sinless. I am the only one that has conquered death. And because I live, you live. Wow, through the righteousness of Christ. I don't think I'm going to get through this today. This may be a three-parter, I don't know. We receive salvation through the death of Christ. Colossians 2, 13 and 14 says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, when you were dead, when you were living according to your own nature, when you were charting your own course, when you were living according to your own destiny, when you're doing what you thought was right in your own eyes, you were dead in your sinful nature. doesn't matter how many good deeds you tried to do. If you were trying to get, earn salvation on your own, you were dead to God in your own nature. God made you alive with Christ. God created, God gave you that new birth. He made you alive in Christ. Not not in your good deeds, not in your good fortune, not in your abundance, not in anything that you can do in your intellect or anything else. If you want to be alive, you have to be alive in Christ. He made us alive in Christ. He forgave us some of our sins. I'm just seeing if you're awake. He forgave us all of our sins. The sins you know about, the sins you don't even know about, the sins that you've committed, the sins that you will probably end up committing today or tomorrow. He forgives, forgave us all our sins. Forgave us, having canceled the written code, which is the law, with with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. We have salvation, we have forgiveness of all sins because Christ took them on him. I can't imagine what what he felt like when he was on the cross and the sins of the world. Now, I'll be honest with you, and I'm, I'm gonna, this is a transparent moment. I have had, when I came to Christ, I had sin in my life that, man, it was heavy. You remember? You ever, you ever have a sin in your life that just, like, burdened you down? And it was like, oh, I don't know if I can bear this anymore. Because I was, 
I knew that God was looking at me and I was not right with him. And I could feel the weight of my sin and the burden of sin in my life. And it's a, it's, it's a terrifying situation when you realize that God is seeing you with eyes that are displeasing and, and he wants you to change. Can you imagine Christ, sinless, never separated, and yet the sins of the world, my sins, your sins, all sin, were poured on him. I can't imagine what he felt. But he did it for you and for me. Through his death, we have salvation. And through the resurrection of Christ, not just his death. 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But the fact is that Christ has been raised from the dead. He has become the first of a great harvest of those who will be raised to life again. See, it's not just, it's not just enough that Christ died for us. And that would be great but that he rose again. Because when you, when you think about the resurrection of Christ, what we're really saying is that Christ conquered death. He rose again. How many people that you, do you know that have died that have risen again? Christ died and he rose again because sin had no power on him, therefore death could not hold him. He became the first of a great harvest. Who is that harvest? It's you and I. It's those that have put their faith, hope, and trust in him. That when that trumpet sounds, as, 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 um, as Pastor Sam uh, read just two, uh, not too many minutes ago. When that trumpet sounds, if you are a follower of Christ, if the same Spirit lives in you that lived in Christ Jesus, if you are a passionate follower of Him, when that trumpet sounds, I don't care where you're buried, I don't care where you are, it doesn't matter, it doesn't it doesn't matter how many years you've been gone, when that trumpet sounds, you're going to hear it and you're going to rise. Thank you, my friend. There's $5 in that for you. Man, I, I, could, I couldn't speak this in a monotone voice if I had to. We receive salvation. We, through the resurrection of Christ, we have this salvation. Through the grace of the Holy Spirit, Romans 8, 11, and if the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Man. We receive salvation. You know what? I think, I think I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. We'll, I think we may just pick that up next week. This is what we receive from salvation. Last week we talked what we were saved from. This week we've focused on what, what we're saved to. Next week we're going to talk about how we receive this salvation. Is that okay? Man, it's, we have to catch this. Um, Pastor John, uh, Pastor John, Pastor Sam, would you please come? Uh, 
John, Sam, Sam, John, JC, Nathan, Chelsea. See, I remembered all their names. Isn't that great? Are, are you catching? When we talk about in the Alliance, Christ our Savior, and we mentioned last week that, that, that this was a, a doctrine of the church from the Word of God that was, that was formed by A.B. Simpson in 1887. This church was formed in 1897. That was a fresh, living belief. This church is built upon Christ our Savior. It, we didn't come into it later. It was from the beginning. That when, the, when the gate opened, this horse began to run. And it, and it is Christ our Savior. And to be honest, it's been Christ our Savior since, since Christ died on the cross and rose again three days later. Paul said, I, I choose to preach nothing but Christ crucified. And that's what, that's what we are about, not only as Alliance members, but as followers of Christ. That it's about Christ. It is from the start to the finish. It's all about Him. Everything that we have, everything that's been forgiven, everything that we're going to receive, everything we have received, and, and the eternal life that awaits us, it's all because of Christ and what He did. What a marvelous Savior. What a joyful salvation we get to enjoy. It's not like the young man that was on the, on the video that said, my whole life was about emptying myself so I would be completely empty. Salvation. Christianity is the only religion where the Creator says, let me come and be part of your life. Let me come in and, and be part of every day. In fact, let me live inside of you. And it's all because of Christ our Savior.